Hello and welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Simon Hodgkins, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Matilda Jacobson, co-founder and chief executive officer of Freshland. You're very welcome, Matilda. Thank you so much. Well, let's let's move on quickly. I've got a lot to get through and I want to ask you some questions. So let's get on to the show. Firstly, I'd like to start by congratulating Freshland because you won a Think Global Award in the startup category for 2021. Um, and, and I know the ceremony took place earlier this year. So what did it mean for Freshland and for you and the team to be recognized and to win that uh, award? So it, it meant a lot. I mean, it was a huge motivation boost for the entire team. And it's also a blue stamp of our model. So it meant a lot to us. And it actually uh, were a big celebration. We had an office since everything was virtual. <laughs> of course, we would uh, have liked to be there in person. But uh, given the COVID uh, situation, it was perfectly uh, fine to be there remotely and celebrating and keeping the spirit high. Well, that's great. That's great to hear. And um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the company. Uh, let's talk about Freshland. I know that it enables customers to buy directly from farmers and it sort of bypasses the middleman, if I can use that expression. So could you tell me a little bit about the inspiration to co-found Freshland? Sure, definitely. So um, the inspiration to co-found Freshland was uh, back in... 2015, we visited Felipe, my co-founder's family farm, where his dad was growing oranges. And I was in the farm and I received this glass of orange juice. And I didn't believe that it was just pure oranges because it was so tasty and sweet. So I actually said, uh, like, what have you added? Because to me, the experience of an orange would be that it would be very sour. And then they took me to the kitchen and showed me that this is actually just the natural taste of an orange. And that was kind of a, an interesting moment, like an aha moment for me, because I have all my life bought organic products. And I thought that was kind of the way to go. And then I realized there is another dimension to it, which is freshness. So getting something in season, fresh from the, from the farm. And that was one side of it. Uh, the other side was that Philippe, my co-founder, he has grown up in this family farm. And every year he has seen his dad struggling to sell his oranges. And this particular year, he was struggling so much that he actually couldn't sell them. So the price he was offered from the middleman was so low that it didn't compensate for actually the cost of harvesting. So this was the first year where he didn't harvest his oranges. And it was really, really sad to just see the oranges hanging down the tree until they would go rotten. So this was kind of the the wake up call or the, the call to action for us to do something, to try to help Philippe's dad. And what we did was first uh, to actually just try to see, could there be a market for selling his oranges directly to the consumer? Uh, so we set up a, a juice bike. Uh, we thought if customers would try the same experience as I had, then uh, they would be convinced and they would want to buy his oranges. So we did that at the main shopping street in Copenhagen. And uh, this was quite an interesting experience because we had never done anything in relation to food before. So we built this bike and we set out in this uh, shopping street and we just started squeezing juice. And after two weeks, we had collected a list of around 500 customers. 
that wanted to receive these boxes at home. And, and this was like eight kilo boxes of oranges. So it was quite a big amount for a consumer. Uh, so this took us to the next phase of the model, which was actually to go and knock on the doors to the supermarkets and say, hey, do you want to uh, take in this product straight from the farm? It's very different than the normal oranges you have tried. And uh, here we have the proof on, of concept because we actually have 500 customers signed up for it already. And wow. this was kind of the, the, the first step into a B2B platform. And Freshland has been a B2B platform since, yes, almost since the beginning and then until 2019. And what has happened for the last two years was that we said, okay, how can we go directly to the consumer? So not only being a B2B platform, but bring the farmers uh, products directly out to the consumers uh, in their household. Uh, and that has been the model for the last two years. Uh, but just to, uh, to conclude now, it become, became a little bit of a long uh, story. So Philippe's dad was our first farmer, but today we have maybe a thousand farmers. Uh, so it has changed from being a, a kind of a cry for help from one farmer to realizing that this is a systematic problem in the food industry, that farmers don't have access to market and that the products in the supermarket are so far from the farm's uh, quality due to the long travel of the food that we eat. So we have kind of built our own sustainable direct from the farm to consumer model, which is substituting the old model of having three to five middlemen and taking months from harvest until the product is out in the store. What a great start to a company and incredible to hear how it's expanded. So if I'm right, you, you founded it in 2015. Your first product was obviously a set of oranges from Portugal. Correct. Uh, yes. Okay. Great. Uh, since then, you've obviously expanded into a wide range of products. And you mentioned like a thousand farms there from farmers across the world, I'm imagining. So can you tell me a little bit about any of the challenges or opportunities that you've faced during those initial years as you've been building out Freshland? Yes. Well, so in the beginning, we were just piloting with Philippe's dad's farm. And what we saw was that the bigger success we, we built for him, the more farmers came to us. So the words were basically spreading. Um, so then there were an avocado farmer, Sergio, he came to us. Then we had Rui, a tomato farmer coming to us. And in this way, we started having a whole assortment of the products that would be in season at that point in time. And that was when we realized that this is a much bigger problem that we have to solve. In the very early phase, um, we were B2B uh, and that had some complications. It also had some advantages. Uh, so. The obvious advantage is that you have a volume and when you start up a business, it is important to have a volume because a B2B client would buy much more than a business to consumer client. Um, so we were selling truckloads every time we had a customer. It would be a truckload to one supermarket, a truckload to another supermarket. And then we also had some individual stores where we delivered pallets. So in this sense, we had a, a good amount of volume that made us attractive to the farmers. Now, when we did the shift to business to consumer, it obviously affected the volumes because uh, suddenly we were dealing with boxes instead of uh, pallets or trucks. Right. Uh, but we also saw that at that point in time, 
we had reached a certain brand recognition and we had to do this move directly to the consumer because if we wouldn't do that, then we would leave our products up to the stores to sell. And what we saw was that very often our fresh products ended up laying sometimes a month in a warehouse before the customers actually could find it in the stores. And that was, wasn't the purpose. The purpose was to get the products maybe four days from harvest out in the stores so the customers could buy it. And when we saw that that was not always happening, we felt if we want to be true to our concept, we have to go the straight way to the consumer. Yeah, that, that's quite a change, isn't it, Matilda? And I know the mission statement is that you want to be the beacon for the food industry. And um, maybe you could just touch on some of the, the, the sort of mission there and the passion and what separates Freshland from, I suppose, the rest of the industry, because what you're doing is quite unique. Mm. So what we're doing that is quite disruptive, that is that we're connecting the farmers straight with the consumers and selling uh, what is in season. This means that when a customer places an order, the oranges and avocados are still hanging on the trees and only after we pass on the order to the farmer, the farmer will harvest and ship the products to the customers. So in this way, you kind of use the trees as a natural warehouse. And this also means that you will not have the same kind of fruits in season all year. You will have it for a period when it's in season and then it will shift to other seasons, which makes a lot of sense because when you eat what is in season, there will be no storage, no warehousing, and no artificial ripening. Um, so we actually, uh, we in, in 2016, uh, WWF, they did a study on our model uh, and tried to quantify what does it mean in terms of, of CO2 emissions, what we are doing different than the normal food industry. And they, they, uh, their, the outcome of their study was that our model can reduce CO2 emissions with 88% compared to the traditional industry. And that's because of the, the warehousing and the ripening chambers that we cut out. And they also concluded that up to 10% of the food waste could be saved with our model because uh, it's straight from the farm. But yeah, that's, there's something quite lovely about the trees being the warehouse and not not the pro the fresh produce sitting in a dark room for for four weeks before it ends up on the the table the plate or in the in the hands of the consumer there's something quite uh, visual about that uh, even the statement that the trees are the warehouse that that's uh, that's lovely and i i wanted to ask you about the the, the wwf uh, study because you didn't you won a solver award, a climate solver award? Am I correct yeah. in saying that? Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and that's that's incredible uh, for this sort of green food model, I suppose that you're you're pioneering. So, along with supplying your customers, Matilda, with fresh produce, you also provide, I know, advice and recipes about sharing this joy of food and this passion of food. So, can you tell me about the Fresh Lander book? Yes, uh, the cooking book. <laughs> yeah, so we, we tr try to, um, to influence our customers to eat what is in season and also eating more sustainable. So for instance, now we launched uh, seaweed as a, as a food that you can buy on Freshland. And uh, that's because we think that uh, since most of our planet is covered by the sea and since seaweed is actually CO2 negative, we should eat more seaweed as part of a healthy and sustainable diet. 
So uh, part of this change of the food industry is also to actually inspire the customers to try out some ingredients that they may otherwise not venture into. So uh, we feel that uh, it's important to help the customers using seaweed so that they feel comfortable uh, using it in their own cooking. And that's uh, an example of why we have our cookbook, uh, which is partly contributed by our farmers, partly by our team members and partly by the consumers. Lovely, lovely. That's fantastic. And so let's talk a little bit about, thank you for sharing that. Let's talk a little bit about you now uh, as an individual, because I know obviously I'm talking to you today, I think in you're in Copenhagen, obviously. Um, you started your journey at the Copenhagen Business School. I know you've visited India uh, and China, I think, uh, as part of your, your travels and your education. And you've got a master's in uh, management of innovation and business development. So could you tell me, was there any link between you traveling, your education and the business? And has it, has it helped you in terms of your success to date? Uh, or has there been no link there at all? So I think you did some quite good research on me uh, prior to this uh, call. Uh, so, well, there definitely is a link. I think it's very hard to understand the link uh, when you see it going forward. Like it's much easier to make sense of it when you look backward. And I think the sense I'm making of it is that my curiosity and my eagerness to go out and see the world has really been the driver for me. And when you start a new business, that's also the driver, the curiosity and understanding how things work. And I never imagined that I would be starting a food business. That was not the, anything I saw coming, but looking back at it, it, it makes a lot of sense because uh, I mean, we, we detected some problems, some obvious problems with the farmers not seeing a future in farming and not being able to sell their products, but also on the consumer side, not being able to buy fresh, natural, raw ingredients. So in that sense, being able to, to I think maybe what, what characterizes me is that when I see something not working, I cannot, I cannot stop thinking about what could be the solution. Uh, so in that sense, my curiosity drives me to take action. And maybe where I'm different than, than many other people is that I actually take action and I'm so passionate and driven that uh, I cannot uh, stop myself. Uh, and that's both a, a positive, but it can also sometimes be a little bit negative in the sense that I can be very annoying to discuss with <laughs> and uh, I can be a troublemaker. Uh, I don't have so much respect for authorities necessarily, uh, but I think that's all part of my entrepreneurial DNA. And that's, that's what drives me. And that's why I, I, I came up with this idea to disrupt the food industry because I just saw something that was not working and we figured out how to connect the dots. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah, well, talking about that sort of slightly disruptive uh, requirement and that sort of entrepreneurial spark uh, that helps people achieve success, of course, and the drive and the passion that you, you've sort of discussed. But not only are you the CEO of Freshland, I also wanted to ask you about your other entrepreneurial ventures because I know you're a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. You've yeah. co-founded Consulting Prep, and you are the owner, if I'm not mistaken, of Rossio Palace or Palo de Sete. Am I, am I correct in saying that? And would you maybe share with our audience a little bit about those other ventures and what, what led you to found those and what, what, are, the, what are those about? 
Very, very good question. So, uh, I mean, when you see them kind of separate, you wouldn't think they have anything to do with each other. Uh, one thing they have in common, though, is that they are all co-founded by my co-founder, Philippe. So uh, we are kind of a couple serial entrepreneurs. And uh, what happens to be kind of the, the reason for us to start businesses is always something that we are passionate about and a problem that we have encountered ourselves. So if I start with consulting prep, consulting prep is teaching students how to problem solve. And problem solve uh, is a skill set that is taught in consulting. So my co-founder, Philippe, who is an ex-McKinsey consultant, he is basically uh, basing his, uh, his learnings from McKinsey and from also as an entrepreneur. That's basically what we are teaching at consulting prep. So we have done an e-learning platform where you can access different courses. Some courses are more about the problem solving skills and other courses are more about uh, mental math or about uh, how to ace an interview. So we kind of have a breadth of different courses. Um, and this was uh, something we started parallel with Freshland back in 2015. And um, we still teach today. We teach at INSERT and we teach at Copenhagen Business School. But it is something we do in our spare time because we both like to kind of pass on the learnings to to uh, yeah to new students, and we also feel it is a very uh, exciting intellectual challenge for ourselves. So uh, that's the story about consulting prep. <laughs> very good. Now, and you start uh, sorry you started that at the same time as Freshland, so that's been going as long as Freshland now. Yes, it is. And it's a uh, very active, uh, but uh, more as a, as, a, as a side business. So we do the sure. teaching in the universities, but we don't take on uh, clients for coaching right. as we did more in the past. Uh, we simply don't have time for it. <laughs> and, and what about the other uh, business that you've, uh, you're the owner of? So that's very interesting. So it actually started with, um, so what is Rocho Palace? Rocho Palace or Palacete Rocho is a castle in Portugal. And it is a very old castle, around 200 years old. And um, it is a dream that uh, Philippe and I, we had, and we still have, uh, to own a castle and to kind of discover uh, the history of the place. Um, so what happened was that we, back in the days of, yeah, some years ago, we, we saw The Greatest Showman, which is a musical movie. And there's these two characters that are going out as children exploring the woods. And then they take some branches aside and they see this, uh, this castle that is completely covered in greeneries. And then a few years later, they are a married couple and they live in this castle. So we got this idea that we wanted to own a castle and um, yeah, and kind of live in a castle, but more as a, as a holiday thing. But we also are very aware that it would not be sustainable to have a castle standing empty most of the year. So uh, what we did was that we came up with a concept to own a castle as a, as a shared ownership. So you own a share corresponding to this, the time that you actually spend in the castle. And then the rest of the time, it is being run as a hotel. So, uh, and this is very exciting because actually last month I was in Portugal with Felipe and we met with all the stakeholders in the project that is now starting the renovation. And next year around this time, we will be able to open it for guests. Wow. 
<laughs> with 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 fresh food, of course. Of course, actually, that is built into the concept. So all the rooms have actually a kitchen, and it will be possible to order a crate of fresh vegetables and fruits and have it delivered to your hotel room. Fantastic, fantastic. Wow, I, I don't know how you you fit all of this in. It sounds fantastic, and what a wonderful journey that you've shared with us. You've, you've fresh land, and you've, you've other you've other businesses going as well, and of course the success of the book. So. Before before we wrap up this discussion today, um, what's on the horizon for you? What are the, what are, what's the, the the immediate future look like? Is it more of the same? Are you continuing to expand? Uh, what what what's in the uh, the roadmap? So uh, what is in the roadmap is to expand our positive footprint. So expanding our impact, expanding the customers and farmers that we we uh, connect. So um, at the moment, we are launching one new market every month in Freshland. And at the moment, we are in seven markets, if you include the markets we are in for farmers. So uh, we are in Germany, Denmark, Sweden, uh, Portugal, Spain, Greece, Italy. Uh, those are the markets that we are in. Uh, and downstream, we are in three markets, but that we are expanding one new market a month. So, uh, so we are very excited about uh, the yeah, scaling our footprint uh, and scaling our impact. So that is our, our key focus. And um, we are also growing the team. Today, we are 50 team members in our office in Copenhagen. And one of the things that is really key for us is to bring diversity to the team bring different skill sets and bringing people that are very passionate, very curious, very driven, because uh, that's what, what we can really see is making the difference when you want to disrupt an industry. Wow, a, a new market every month sounds very disruptive and very, uh, very busy. That's what it sounds like. It is very busy. We don't get so much sleep as we would like to, but uh, <laughs> it is also so exciting that we cannot sleep anyways, right? So. <laughs> Well, listen, it, that's fantastic. Um, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience today? Or is there anything that I haven't asked you that maybe we should have touched on? Anything you'd like to add? Yeah. Well, I just want to add that if you see something in your everyday life uh, that you thought, hmm, could this be done different? Then try to ask yourself, what would it take to change that, to actually do something about it? Because I don't think the difficult part is to get the idea. The difficult part is to actually execute. And that's because a lot of us, we think, oh, someone probably did it before us. But reality is that it's not about the idea, it's about the execution. So if you have a good idea, go and execute on it. Wow, incredible. So <laughs> from, from a box of oranges to, to a, a business that's truly going global with one new international market a month, uh, from cookbooks to castles. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today, Matilda. I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for sharing. Same uh, way, Simon. It was really an engaging conversation. Thank you for inviting me to this show. I'm really happy for that. Thanks. Thank you. Well, look, that brings us to the end of today's show with Matilda Jacobson, co-founder and CEO at Freshland. Please make sure to tune in again to see and or listen to the next Vista Talk show, where once again, We'll be talking to interesting people with interesting topics from all around the world. Thank you, Matilda. Thank you. Bye.